This, 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 this is mythical. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to Ear Biscuits, the podcast where two lifelong friends talk about life for a long time. I'm Link. And I'm Red. This week at the round table of dim lighting, we're back! back! After a break. Uh, yes. <laughs> the show continues. And boy! The podcast continues. We, we considered... We considered... No. We considered not... No, we didn't consider it. We didn't consider we it. We didn't consider not continuing it. Uh... We had some fun while uh, we were away, or you were away from us, and we were away from you. We went away. Two different, not so exotic, actually exotic locales, not uh, not exotic in a traditional sense, like we went to. Um, well, no, I wouldn't call them exotic. You know, I'm just saying we did some things. <laughs> we did some dangerous things. We did some dangerous things, and it wasn't until just a second ago that I realized that the theme, I think, the common thread of some of the things that we did uh, over the past few weeks was calculated risk, was danger. That really? Maybe people might say, why are you guys doing that? Don't do things that you might die doing. Huh. Uh, and I haven't even thought about it till right now, that we could have died. There was multiple, multiple. That's a lie. I, I, multiple I, places I could that tell we that you died. were thinking about dying. Um, hmm. We yeah. also we broke we, the seal on us uh, going scuba diving together. Yes, we damned. That falls under the category of uh, that was the least dangerous thing we did, by the way. I think. Really? Yeah, think, because when you take into account the depth that we went to, I think uh, maybe you're right. I don't know though, but I, one thing I do know is that boy, we are outdoorsmen. We are outdoorsmen. We really like to go the, in the, into the great outdoors and just have a great, great time. We we met our college friends in Colorado for year two of outdoor adventure, catching up. So we'll let's give them the update on that and the scuba diving. Which which do you want to do first? Let's do scuba diving first. Now I'm really. Oh, it was one thing that happened that I didn't expect. It was just yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna save that. If we got we got to save that at the right time. And it Something wasn't really even unexpected. It happened. wasn't even scuba diving. Uh. Chase went with us. That's what that's what you're, that what you're talking about. Chase, Chase that's is the unexpected. Like, Chase no, is our guide. So uh, you've, been, you've been scuba diving with Chase before. Mm -hmm. uh, this is my my first I time never scuba leave diving home with without you him and with Chase. And uh, Chase brought his camera set up. Now let me also say I brought my camera set up and aborted. I aborted really early on filming anything because of reasons that I'll get into. And also Chase was there. So. I talked with Chase at the end of last week as we were as we were as I was heading out. Mm -hmm. You were right behind me and I stopped and he stuck his head in my window. We had a little exchange. I'm gonna fill you in on that exchange. Yeah, I was like, hey, I'm trying to leave here. That exchange was him saying, Hey, do you want me to give you all the footage that I took from the dive? And I was like, No. <laughs> because that would require me doing something with like looking through it. And I said, Chase, this is what would be really helpful. If you would take like 
you know, half a minute of uh, some compelling footage that just is evidence that the three of us went on a dive together. 30 seconds. That then, while people are watching Ear Biscuits on YouTube, they can see it. At whatever point, Jamie says, this is the point when I will show the footage. I I know how this show is made. uh, Anyway, that's what Chase promised me. And if he doesn't deliver, it's the it's the end. I'm gonna kill him. <laughs> I'm gonna kill him. <laughs> no, I, I I think it'll just be me and him going scuba diving again. We took a boat out to um, sure did Anacapa, and then we went from Anacapa over to Santa Cruz Island. Am I right about those? If names? you don't, if you didn't know, there are some, there's something called the Channel Islands. I think it's a national, national park. park. It is. So there's a string of islands, maybe seven or so. You probably heard of Catalina. Yeah, off the coast of that's one of them, uh, California. And at least two of these islands have been featured as uh, background images for different OS releases, Mac OS releases, right? Because there was a Catalina, definitely. I didn't know there was another one. I'm pretty sure that in some other, maybe just a background on Mac, there was a Santa Cruz Island picture okay. or something. Anyway, crazy, first of all, you know I love islands. Crazy history on these islands and obviously some tragic history of like the people who lived out there. Um, there's like 5,000 people who lived on the islands where the Spaniards showed up and then they took them off the island and made them build churches and, you know, ravaged the population. Uh there's nobody out there anymore except there's people who live on Catalina. And there's some people, I don't know which one was the one on the left and which one was the one on the right. As we were leaving, the one with the arch, and then you got a good view of Anna like- Anacapa is north of Santa Cruz. Okay, so Santa we Cruz is first. the one that has like some houses on it. There's some people, maybe researchers or something living out there, but we're talking like desolate, rocky islands with just cliffs, essentially. Yeah, like an hour or so boat ride to get to from Ventura is where we left from, and and we don't go on the island. You just kind of the the captain stops the boat and gives us this orientation, and then yeah, for the first time ever, we're we're scuba diving together. There was a point when we got in there, it was uh, me, you, Chase, Shepard. Lincoln was supposed to come, but then he got sick, and he just it was just like a head cold. But you can't go scuba diving with congestion. I mean, I didn't have any congestion. I, did, I didn't- Because you can't equalize. I didn't equalize properly, and I still had like a a burst sinus. The Not this most recent time. Pre, when I got my certification. Yeah. Um, so I was sad that Lincoln couldn't make it, especially with what happened, and he was pretty bummed out. But yeah, we're going down there, we're, we're, we're going, we're, we're swimming around, and there was a certain point I kind of forgotten that we had not done this together. We've done so many things together that like, it wasn't top of mind. And then when I was underwater doing my thing. You saw how good I was at it and you were like, oh, I've never done this with him before. No, I was, um, I, I just turned around. I was like, I'm gonna look at my buddy Rhett scuba diving for the first time and I'm gonna take full credit for this. And you're like, he's so big. Well, I just took a little joy from seeing you having, having I, some fun. And you know what? And your son. You deserve you deserve the credit for taking the initiative. I enjoy it so much. And Shepherd I didn't build it up it so too much. much. 
Um, so it, that you could then have you like have your own expectations exceeded. And now look at us, man. And listen, and think about Shepard. I mean, we'll talk about how Shepard did that day, but right now Shepard is in Florida at a camp where he's like scuba diving. You know, it's like, you know, this could he's, be. He's going to come back more certified than either one of us, officially. I think so. I got a report today that he's had a on and off migraine for a couple of days. Oh, that no. prevented him from going in the water yesterday. So I don't know if his mm. further certification is in jeopardy, but Conditions he's having a great time. have to be perfect. I mean, it was beautiful. We were, we were scuba diving around. We were in the kelp forest. It's, it's relaxing. Well, it is relaxing, but I was dealing with, let me tell you what I was dealing with. First of all, my son was there, which when your 14-year-old son is your dive buddy, because uh, you're not my dive buddy. Mm -mm. You're my best friend. You're not my dive buddy. Chase, Chase was your dive, is my buddy. dive buddy. And that's not like something that you like do a blood oath about. That can change at any moment. It can change dive to dive. But when my son is there, that's he's my dive buddy. And I'm thinking about his safety the whole time. I'm being a dad, you know, and I'm dealing with my own situation with a new wetsuit that's kind of choking me right here i'm also totally fine trying to, to be choked <laughs> while scuba diving trying not to get sick cuz i get seasick and i had taken a dramamine as we go out there and i was i was like okay i guess i'm going to be okay like no issue going out but then like as you're sitting there in this boat that's stationary now that you've stopped and they're telling you to I, the thing i didn't anticipate yeah. you know when you see somebody like scuba diving, I actually noticed this in a, I, I watched a commercial and it was, there was some guy in like a tank with something, some animal, I can't remember the details. And I remember every single time I've ever seen somebody scuba diving on television, you just look like, oh, they're just swimming around in the ocean. And it isn't until you do something that you realize, oh, there was, a lot of time that it took to just to get that stuff on, to get your thing, to get this thing strapped, it's a lot heavier than you anticipate. And Yeah, it's like an Instagram versus reality yeah, post. And it takes 20, 30 minutes or so, it feels like, to get all this stuff on and secure. And as you're in this boat that's kind of doing this side thing and you're prone to seasickness and you feel like you're getting choked and you're dealing with your son who's having a hard time getting all his stuff yeah, on. Yeah, you seem you seem stressed out and it you get hot when you're trying to get all this stuff well, on. And, you and know, you're trying to remember everything because if you forget something and then you're in the water and you didn't turn your air on or something. That's going to be a big, but big you, problem. You know how kids, so stress levels can go up, heat levels can go up, and then you're bobbing around and yeah, you start to So feel I started to nauseous. get a little queasy. But the other thing that was happening is you know how kids are like... It, you know, Shepard would get to a place where you, he like couldn't get his glove on or he couldn't get his, his wetsuit and he just kind of freezes and just waits for you to grab it. And it's like, you kind of feel like you're doing all the work and he's not like advocating for himself. And so I'm literally saying things like, advocate for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wasn't even beside you and I heard that. <laughs> like there's other people in the boat, dude. I don't know, a lot of other people. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've, and seen, like, they, I, and they've we seen were, fathers and sons we dive together. We were on together, opposite ends of the boat, and all of a sudden I hear, advocate for yourself. I'm like, what? Yeah. 
You got to be, a, you, but the reason I, I guess Shepard's not advocating. The reason I use that term is because that's the term that Hal used when we were training. Yeah, it he, is important. He was like, "You've Shepard, you've got to advocate for yourself throughout this process. Anytime <laughs> he would come to help him. And then, so it wasn't like I used that kind of language with my son on a regular basis. It was actually nicer than what I usually would say. Um, <laughs> And way more technical. Yeah. But so he was having a tough time. And then he was thinking, I'm being choked. Because it's cold. The water's cold. It's like 60 degrees, which sounds warm, but is very cold for water. And you got like this vest over the top of it. So there's lots of things like bunching up around these McLaughlin necks that are causing trouble. And so, but we get in, we do the dive. And what I noticed is that- I'm the, glad I went first because if I were just listening to this, it's, you're not selling it. At, at the end of the dive, uh, because there was so much current, you know, this diving in the uh, in the Caribbean is like going to an, an amusement park. It's so easy. The water's warm. There's no current. You're but, not wearing anything. Yeah. But like the, the kelp forest was moving with us, right? Because as the waves come- to come up against the island, they kind of move you at the same rate, but then right. the background, like yes. the bottom of the ocean, the rocks and stays stuff. stationary. And I looked down and felt this, and it immediately got sick. Like to the point of thinking I was gonna vomit in the water. And, and you're, I, you're, you're underwater at this point. Right? Underwater. Yes. And I, again, for my training, Hal, who did a great job training me, Hollywood divers, he was like, if you have to vomit, do it, do it into the regulator. Don't take it Don't out. Don't take it out and, and just vomit through the regulator and it's just like out into the water. And I was like, bro, and, I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. If and I the reason do. why is because when you're vomiting, you, you have this natural reflex. Natural reflex to then like, <gasps> and then if you're like doing that without your regulator in, water goes in the pipes. Yeah, yeah you're going to be. And then if you're sucking down water, you going you might be in a in a in a panic situation. Yeah. So we get out and you did not vomit. Did not vomit. How close do you feel like you got? I mean, I have a I have an issue with vomiting, meaning that it never takes it. so much to actually get me to even when I want to, when I'm so sick and I'm like, if I could just vomit, I just can't do it. So I got out of the water and you get back into this boat that's like, the wind is beginning to pick up and it's just like, still feeling choked, dealing with Shepard who's like, I got a headache. Long story short, Shepard had a headache, didn't do the last two dives and kind of just laid up on top of the boat. He ended up having a good time. It didn't like ruin scuba diving for him. But I was dealing with the the queasiness like coming and going the whole time. But every You took time, more Dramamine and it still didn't I took help. a second one. But every time I got in the water, I felt good. It was always yeah. at the end of the dive that would be a little, but the last dive, we did three dives. The last dive was my favorite dive. I, no sickness at all. Can, can I say some not positive stuff? Think, not having to think about your yeah. son and worry about now the that, safety yeah. of your Now that your you did kid. stim, you had an awesome time, right? Like, oh, I'm just going around. Who, I don't, I, they paired me up with that dude that was from another group. Yeah. I don't care about that guy. <laughs> you know, I lost <laughs> him several times. <laughs> You're a great, you're a great buddy. <laughs> but he also was. He didn't want to be found. He didn't. Out, he didn't seem like he really wanted to be a buddy but, at anybody. But Rhett, what you need to remember about what you just said was <laughs> that if you needed help, <laughs> you didn't have. Your I knew buddy. Where you and Chase were. Okay, yeah, you were basically with us, and we, we didn't talk about this. Do you remember this one point where I turned around and looked at you, and I took the regulator out of my mouth? 
And sometimes I'll take the regulator out of my mouth because I'm like, I might swish ocean water around in my mouth. Yeah. I'll do, I'll just like. That wasn't part of my training. I'm trying to get comfortable with the regulator being missing and putting it back in my mouth. Yeah. And it's important. Keep my stress levels lower. It makes me feel more prepared for something to go wrong. Like if I do have to hold my breath, you're supposed, you're not supposed to ever hold your breath. You're supposed to keep your regulator in. I took my regulator out. I wasn't, I wasn't about to vomit or anything. I was having a great time. And I turned around and I looked at you and I took my regulator in my mouth and I like, I I put it towards you. I knew that you were just being a fo- being foolish. I was just being foolish. Which, but there was is, this one moment where- Which is not a good thing to do, Yeah. by the way. I realized how dumb that was when you kind of, I saw that you shuddered a minute and you were like, do you want me to give you my- I have an octopus rela- regulator, a backup regulator that I can give you so you like, can do you need this? Mic. And I was like, no, nah, I'm fine. Whoop. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, I shouldn't. Yeah. No horseplay. Horseplay. <laughs> well, it's one thing to horseplay. It's one thing to do the thing that you would do if you were having a crisis <laughs> as a joke. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is why you're not my dive buddy. <laughs> And never will be. <laughs> but I didn't do it to Chase, though. I did it to you because you're not my dive right, buddy. Yeah, you do anything with your non-dive buddy. <laughs> I don't even know why I did it. I was just like, I'm having a good time. Hey, look at me. Right. It's my regulator. My regulator's out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, thank you for uh, being there for me. I quickly you were, realized you were, you were what like, was going on. But what we, we had a great time. We, I keep wanting to see... Something big, sharks included. We saw some little Honestly, sharks. We saw some little sharks. Um, I want to see these big animals because there's a thrill in it, and I think that there's actually a very, very low risk of anything happening to you. It's pretty uncommon for a shark to attack a scuba diver. I don't. I'm not basing that on anything I've read. It's just kind of a feeling. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Let's go with that. Because this is my theory, and tell me if I'm right or wrong about this. You're right. I think you're more likely to be attacked by a shark while swimming or surfing because you're kind of on the surface and you're thrashing and you more resemble maybe a wounded animal. But when you're down, and still highly unlikely in those scenarios, but when you are down in the water, in this, and you've got these bubbles coming up and you're big and there's this tank, like a shark can figure out, like, this is not what I usually eat, and so I'm not going to eat it. Now, if you're, like, holding the fish and you're, like, Chumming up the water or whatever, all bets are off. But that's yeah. my theory. That's why I don't have any fear about sharks in the water. I'm yeah. I don't find myself being afraid of anything, except I'm not afraid of the animals. Um, I'm afraid. What am I afraid of? I had to over. I talked about overcoming my fears of like just being underwater and because I don't like holding my breath. But you don't hold your breath. So, like, clearing, equalizing. Now that I've had, an, like, an, a sinus injury, I have a little bit of fear about that. And I think I have a fear that of the unknown, of, like, something going wrong, and I still, I'm not going to keep my wits about The me. abyss? No, of just uh, problem solving and keeping cool. Keeping I think I cool. would be, the situation I haven't encountered yet that I think might make me nervous is... Like, you can dive under an oil platform, right? And oil platforms go very deep, like way deeper than you can scuba dive. Okay. And, but there's no bottom to it, right? Every place I've, I've, uh, I've dove, uh-huh. dived, yeah. 
Which one is it? Yeah. Both. This I seems like know. something we should know. Do, de, di, dove? Dove. Dived? Scuba dove. <clears throat> See, that sounds horrible. Scuba dove? Scuba What'd you dive? do today? A scuba dove? <laughs> <laughs> no, you scuba dived. Well, what? once you dive, you've dove. It says both are acceptable. Both are acceptable, see? But dove is more frequently used in the United States and Canada, whereas dive is more common outside of North America. Yeah, but in the context okay. of scuba, We're in North it's America, probably Jamie. scuba dived. I know, but that's, you know, the full summary. <laughs> so, in Chase wants to do an oil platform dive, because there's lots I, of I want to do it all. In fact, I was watching um, Instagram, TikTok, something, I don't know, and... They were the guy was like, you know, there's people who live and work on pl oil platforms, and they make TikTok accounts, of course, because it's an interesting lifestyle. What else are they gonna do? And they said, this is. I saw one that was like, this is what happens when you throw a piece of bread or something off of an oil platform. And he threw it off, and immediately, hundreds of little fish went up to it and started eating it. And then within five seconds, a big shark came and ate a bunch of the fish. <laughs> and so it was kind of like, this is what's happening under oil platform because stuff falls off of it, stuff grows on the platform. There's a lot of interesting fish. It's a little fish. ecosystem. But there's no bottom to it. The bottom is you yeah, So you're, mile you're afraid of the abyss. Well, because you've got weights on you. Now, I haven't had any trouble with like regulating my... Uh, Buoyancy. By buoyancy to the point where I would be really nervous about that. And also, you, I know where to grab to pull the weights off so you go back to the surface. But I think that just looking down and seeing the abyss, which I've never seen, I suspect that that's going to be unsettling. Like, if I go down there, it's lights out, man. Let's Literally. Find, let's find out. I mean, and let's not talk about the submersible. I don't want to bring that into this. What are you talking about? I don't even know what you're Good. <laughs> just... Jenna, have we sold scuba diving to you? I mean, are you open to this? You're a bit of a risk taker. I yeah, I am open to scuba diving. Even after the way Rhett talks about it. Yeah. He's such a Debbie Downer, isn't he? <laughs> I'm having the time of my life. And you wouldn't know it. Uh, but well, I'll tell you, what I did not have the time of my life doing is being on the boat. But before that return trip, something highly unusual that I don't think we have an appreciation for it because this is actually my norm first ever trip scuba diving that required boating to any place. And something happened to us that Hal said has only happened to him once in 30 years of scuba diving. We saw a shark wiener. <laughs> well, technically you would see two because they have two penises, but that's no, that's amazing. not what we saw. We, and they were given an alert that um, there was a sighting, and so then they said, we're going to take a little detour before we do our third dive, and we're going to go over here. And when we got over to the spot, which was more in the middle of the ocean, not close to any of the islands, there was another boat there with like a lot of people spectating on it. And then we saw, I'll let you say it, orcas. A freaking pod of pod ki killer of whales. We saw just a, a bunch of killer whales. And me and Shepard, they were like, you want to go around to the front of the boat? Me and you're on, you're, you're on the top, but Shepard and I walked around to the front to like the, the bow of the boat. And we're looking over and we're seeing they're, they're like surfacing and it's like, oh, here's two little Shamu and then a baby. Well, don't say Shamu. 
Not Shamu. These are very much not Shamu. I wish they. I wish it was. They don't. I mean, these are free, wild. No, oh, yeah. no bending of the dorsal fin. Foot fin. <laughs> fully erect dorsal fin. And and we see them, and the the boat positions itself such that these two killer whales go right in front of the boat. And I'm looking. I'm seven feet above these killer whales, like going right in front of the boat. It was a thrill. And then I looked out there, and there were some other ones out there that were absolutely huge. They're so big. And people were scrambling to like take pictures and photo, uh, video, and we don't have any of that to show for it. I, I, yeah. Because I didn't want to miss any of it, and I knew after, you know, I knew that I wasn't going to get anything worth a crap. You know what, you know what killer whales look like? You can watch videos of them. You don't need to see ours. Now it was pretty magical. This is kind of and I, they were the two in the front were absolutely gargantuan. I haven't really let this sink in, but you realize this is the exact same spot that you saw that the I saw blue whale, like three blue whales I last know. time. Am my only ever whale watching? You're I've a, got you're the whale, whale luck. I've you're, got whale luck. Yeah, you're the whale boy, and that's why I got. I mean, I've been t- talking about. I've got two ideas for my next tattoo, and one of them is a big whale skeleton. A whale boy. But maybe, I'll, whale maybe boy. I'll do both of them. But, yeah, I saw blue whales, which was highly unusual. There's only like 15,000 of these things in the world. And then seeing orcas in California is pretty rare, according to these folks who go out to this area. And there was this added tension, because if you've been following the news— you know that the orcas in, uh, I think maybe it's the Straits of Gibraltar, somewhere over there <laughs> on the other side of the world, um, they've been orga- they've been organizing, yeah, and take and attacking boats and taking the rudders off of boats, not seeming like they want to kill the people on it, but seeming like they want to dismantle the boats, just immobilize the boat, and it's become. I, and I don't know a whole lot about it, but based on like secondhand information from my wife explaining a Twitter thread to me, <laughs> just to contextualize That's how wrong best. this could be. Apparently, <laughs> there was one female orca that had a run-in with a boat, like with a with something that you know damaged her, and she has a personal vendetta against boats, and she is spreading the word. Uh-huh. About how we gotta we gotta dismantle these boats, and that's what's happening. And if you think that that's impossible, if you think that orcas cannot send that technical of a message to one another, you are highly likely wrong. I think that what we're gonna find out about, according to third hand information, I think what we're Twitter. gonna find out about whales is gonna blow your mind in terms of how smart they actually are and the level of communication they have. People are working to to figure that out right now. But our boat didn't have a rudder. <laughs> No, and, that, and so when we were, there was this like, is this thing going to try to take us out? Because the boat's not very big. Uh, but that was when the captain said, our boat doesn't have a rudder, it's got a motor. <laughs> and uh, so we felt like we might be okay. That was a thrill. That was the thing we were building up to. I'll tell you another thrill that we need to build up. Good Mythical Evening is happening again. We just want to throw a little plug in here. Uh, what's, what's the date of this bad boy? The 24th? Thursday, 
Whatever that Thursday is. Thursday, August 24th. Thursday, August 24th at, um, what's the time? Se- it's right here, 7 p.m. Oh, Pacific. <laughs> 7 p.m. Pacific, that would be which is 10 p.m. 10 p.m. Eastern. Eastern. Live streaming on Kizwe. Get your tickets at goodmythicalevening.com. We're doing things a little bit different this year. Uh, you have you have a big, big part because we're do- it's, it's Good Mythical Evening, pain versus pleasure, or pain or pleasure. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be able to vote live in a number of ways that determine whether or not we or one of us or both of us experiences pain or pleasure at different points mm-hmm. throughout the evening. Uh, so it's all going to be on you. The level of entertainment has nothing to do with us. It's all to do with you. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's still from the GMM set, but entirely new, um, not safe for work segments, one right after another. Just you know, just mounted on top of each other, if you know what I mean. And did I mention that we're still going to be drunk? Yep. We're going to be quite inebriated and subject to your whims. So <laughs> there's different types of tickets. The T-shirt is awesome. So kind of like a, it's sort of a little. You can get that. You can get that with a couple adventure. of them. Um, a couple of different ticket packages, and also yes. for the first time ever. Uh, we're doing a little partnership with the Alamo Draft House, like our favorite music, music, favorite movie theater, you know, where you go and you can like eat and watch a movie at the same time. And we just love the vibe there. And you can drink there. Yeah. So they'll serve you beers. At select locations around the U.S., you're going to be able to watch Good Mythical Evening there with other mythical beasts. And Highly we, limited. Those are going to go out pretty fast. So are get those tickets quickly to have this Good Mythical Evening communal experience at an Alamo draft house near you or watch from the comfort of wherever you want to watch us just get hammered um, and unfettered, but it, we're, it, we're going to be totally safe about it. It's just going to be totally unhinged. GoodMythicalEvening.com Irabiscus is supported by DoorDash. I'm keeping less alcoholic beverages in my house um, lately. I'm kind of on that swing of the pendulum. Okay. But I will say, there's times when when you wanna crack open an adult beverage. Yes, it happens. Sometimes amongst friends, sometimes alone. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't I, wanna get into the details. I recommend with friends. If you're looking to celebrate with some special drinks, Here's to alcohol deliveries with DoorDash. Whether you're hosting, sending a congratulatory gift, or just staying in to chill with a cold one, DoorDash is an easy call. The alcohol selection on DoorDash is top shelf. With thousands of stores all over the country, you're sure to find what you're looking for and more. They have it all, beer, wine, mixers, and for those that don't drink, mocktails and more can be delivered straight to your door. Save up to 25% off up to a $15 value when you spend $35 or more with code Ear. So whether you're grabbing drinks for an event or staying in for the night, DoorDash is here to help you have a great evening, any evening. Terms apply, must be 21 or older to order alcohol, drink responsibly, delivery and promotions available only in select markets. Uh, to wrap up the scuba trip, the scoop that we scuba no, we dove. Did. No, we didn't because you've got uh, photo evidence that I've seen that's pretty funny. Of, of my trip back, so yeah, that's what, right. Once we started going, you just did back, not look good. Once we started going back, it's. I don't think you, we we can uh, communicate just how unexpectedly and suddenly rough the trip was. When we started to take off, it was like boom, and you were in the freaking bathroom at the time. I was I was cha- trying to change clothes, 
And I was having trouble staying in the boat. Here I am naked, trying to pee in a toilet because I I had a new wetsuit. I didn't, I didn't pee in it. I just well, you had a semi dry suit, so it's right. It's a little bit different than peeing yeah. in a wetsuit. Exactly. Yeah, it was tough. It was tough to uh, not vomit down. I there. gave my yellow offerings and when to Poseidon. I, when I came up and got up top, yeah, you were you were quiet. You were I peed like six times. You were staring off into the distance, and you you didn't look good. So I took a I, t- I took a little. Picture. Well, it's an hour trip back, and it was it didn't let up at all. And here's the thing: it wasn't like I've had miserable seasickness before, like when I. When I got in the paper for catching that fifty-five pound amberjack when I was like in ninth grade, <laughs> and that and I did throw up that day. Um, it wasn't that I knew I wasn't going to vomit, but I was like, I'm going to be uncomfortable until we get back, and I'm just going to have to sort of sit here and take it. Yeah, and so I did that. I just sit, sat there and took it, and you took a pretty good picture. I didn't. I mean, it seemed like it was like. Uh, like I, I thought, you had to... like done some some post work on that picture based on based on <laughs> really? the picture. I was like, that's a good looking picture. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I, I, hope, I hope showing it now where yeah, I didn't deliver. I never, th- I didn't think anything of it. It's just like I just snapped. It's a, a cool sh- picture. Oh, I just snapped a shot. I mean, I look like an idiot. I just wanted to make sure that I remember that moment, if none other. You know, f- forget the killer whales. I want to get a shot of this this giant being miserable on a boat. Yeah, I don't. It's funny. Because I don't get car sick. You get car sick, but yeah. you don't get seasick. I get seasick, I don't get car sick. What's the deal with that? Um, well, you, you, you're just giving yourself permission. You shouldn't do that. You think I'm giving myself, so you, are you giving yourself permission to get car sick? Yeah, because that allows me to like sit in the front seat and be like, you know, I'm the one, I get car sick. Can I sit in the front? But is there something physiological happening that I don't, I don't understand? Well, it's certainly a different motion. Motion in the ocean, yeah, it's different from the motion on the road. Let, let's let's skip to the river though, because I want to get to this. Okay. Um, Highly recommend scuba diving. You may remember that last year we went whitewater rafting with our college buddies, who we had reconnected with. Um, really, through our spiritual deconstruction episodes, we started reconnecting. Pandemic hit right on the heels of that, so like we we um, we just really reconnected over the course of the pandemic. We put put that into physical action of, of being on a trip together. That was a weird s- sentence. And uh now it's year two. We're getting some we're getting some college buddy momentum. Yeah. I mean and we decided on the first trip, we're gonna do this again. We need to learn from you know, I, our whitewater rafting was kind of boring. And I was like, uh, we're gonna do something better this time. So like Nine months in advance, we started planning, and I started looking at what's something that's a more exciting thing, and we settled on doing whitewater rafting again because the first time it was it just was it was just lackluster. We wanted to make it more intense, and we wanted to move it up a little bit in the year because we learned that most of the whitewater rafting that happens in Colorado is due to the snow melt. Mm-hmm. And so if you wait till if you wait till July, July. mid July, which we did last time, you're not gonna you're gonna get like little piddling stuff. Also, this year, crazy snowpack, right? So there's just so much snow in the Rockies. So there was lots of talk about how intense this was going to be. And this is something that once I saw that you were very, like, you were just like, 
I had nothing to do with it. Like, I'm going to figure this out. You were like totally committed to being like, we're going to figure out where we're going to go. And this and is not going to be gonna boring. Do. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm totally down. I'm we didn't totally plan down. enough stuff the first time. We were like, well, you know, we're, we ended up just riding scooters around downtown. It was lame. Well, we did some good stuff. I disagree okay. with your assessment. I know. I know. You, you did complain about, we were having a great day that one day on those bikes. The and bikes. everyone was talking about how fun of a time they were having and how beautiful this town of golden, golden Colorado was. And you just kept talking about all the things you didn't like about what was happening. Well, that's because I learned it from you and how you talk about scuba diving. Oh, come on. I don't, in the moment, I don't say a damn thing. I only talk about it on the podcast. Uh, I was I was shit talking the scootering, not the e-biking. Okay. Um, so I'm like Googling the most exciting whitewater rafting. And then, I, yeah, I might have put it in the term extreme. And I might have put it in the term like class fives and class fours. I don't want no class threes or class twos anymore. And we have done class fives before. We maybe twenty years ago in the Upper Gully in West Virginia, right. so, so we I'm felt like, prepared. You know, we can do this, and Greg was with us then. But once you got the trip set up, where I where my anxiety began to brew a little bit, and I typically don't get I I don't get scared about doing things. I get uh, sort of properly concerned, but I'm not like scared. I'm just kind of like, is this dumb? And when I asked that question, it was because. I've been whitewater rafting quite a bit, but never have they asked us to show up a day early to do a test. I mean, I've been on the upper golly. They didn't ask us to do a swim test. And they were like, you got to come uh, the day before. We're going to put you in the boat. We're going to do a swim test. We're going to take you down a rapid. It's planned for two hours. You're like, going What? Meaning you're going you're gonna to pre-raft. In intentionally jump out of the raft. And then swim. And they wanted to, to verify to that you can swim, that you, could do it. that you can pull each other back into the boat. Because obviously, if you fall out, you want to get back into the boat. So it's an assessment so they can say, yeah, you guys are not ready. This was in Durango, Colorado, um, in the Animus River. Uh, the Upper Animus. And the Upper Animus, it was just like, there was a trip that was like class fives and class fours, and I was like, yes, this is what we're going to do. And, and then it was, you do a day of rafting, and then you camp on the side of the river. And then you get up the next morning, and you keep going on class fours and class threes the rest of the way. And I was like, yes, this we may be swinging the pendulum too far the other direction, but we're not going to be saying that we didn't get a thrill out of this trip. And I felt good about that. Everybody else had a lot of questions, especially when they started scheduling the swim test, well, like you said. And everybody was a little bit, I don't know. I didn't want to camp. I mean, let's just be honest. I, I've got a bad back uh, that it, I actually keep pretty ready for anything, but what can happen is if I have a bad night's sleep, I can wake up and it can feel really bad. And the idea of camping yeah. in a tent and then getting up and going on this river after having been on the river, yeah, I was a little bit like, "Am I going to be? Oh, am I going to be? Uh, what do? You, what, what is it called when they bring a helicopter to get you? Airlifted? Yeah, I'm. I'm going to be airlifted because of a lower back injury. Well, because the the, the terrain was such that they, you, we went to a train station, 
mm-hmm. and we loaded like the deflated rafts and everything. And well, we had guides who did all of this, and we just watched and we're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah go for we, it. They definitely did. And then we get on this train and we ride up this train track into the wilderness, into the middle of nowhere. There's no accessibility except for the train track. There's no roads. There's nothing. So you're exactly right. You would have to be train pulled out or airlifted out. If it's beyond the train track, which a good part of it was, I think it would have been a chopper situation. Um, So I think that's why they want to make sure if you're, hey, if we're taking these chumps out into the wilderness, you got to make sure that they can get us back down this, down this river. Um, so we were, you know, I, every time we would talk about it in the thread, I, I felt like I would have to say, now, people would raise concerns and I'd be like, but we're, st- but now we're not backing out. We're still doing it. Everybody was we're still, still doing it. But we we're, were still doing it. I was watching the, the flow rate of the river because in doing a little bit of reading, I was like, wow, when this river flows above this certain number, it can be dangerous. People have died. And it was flowing at that rate, and it was going a little bit above it and a little bit below it in like the weeks leading up. And so I was just like, I'm still going to do this. I'm not. I'm not going to back out. And I'm. Not, and I don't think anybody in our group is going to pull the cord. Yeah. Um, and nobody did. But there was mounting concern about the conditions and also the camping situation. Yeah, I I was mostly concerned about two days, you know, and overnight. Yeah. But I wasn't backing out either because I was talking big. And then, boss to the wall. Four days or so before we leave, um, we get the news that our trip has been canceled completely. Um, the rafting part. the The rafting company has canceled our trip, and the tragic reality is that a guide died on the river um so you know our hearts go out to 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 the family and all the people you know um but the and then we were like okay so now what do we do well there's um there's one other company in town we'll rebook with them (laughs) well we're like all right let's let's slow our this is this is a good opportunity to like assess maybe we should take a beat and think about this so uh, we went with, uh, we were mild to wild. We, we appreciate the responsibility they took in saying, you know what, it's best if we cancel this trip. So we took a beat and we said, all right, we're going to call up Mountain Waters Rafting yeah. and take their suggestion, which was, let's, 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 forget the, let's forget the overnight camping. I also don't think that they had that option. I think fate help this decision be made. It was like, yeah, there's a trip that is the lower half of the upper animus. So the part that just a one day, no right overnight. after the camping would have happened. So and we're one like, class four to start. So yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. So we booked that and um I feel like that was a great choice. Perfect. You know I because we had an Airbnb. Why not stay in that instead of like camp on the ground and do two full days of this thing. So we get out there, uh, Mountain Waters, shout out to you guys, you did an awesome job. We had, an, we, we had an amazing time. But we get out there, and of course we had done the swim test with them, still, for the lower half of the upper animus, 
the night before, yeah. the day before, and boy, that water is cold. And that water was not half as cold as it was up there <laughs> when we started. Because every- he said it was 38 degrees. Yeah, he said every single drop of water that we will be rafting in today was snow yesterday. Yeah, and we were wearing wetsuits, but uh, we were wearing wetsuits with like another jacket wow. over it. Thirty-eight yeah. degrees, like it's so bracingly cold. You don't really want to fall in, and the, when it just splashes up and like one drop hits your face, it's yeah, and it's and more than one drop hits your face. Like every, it, it's it was so intense, so consistently intense, and white water the whole way because the thing drops so much. Yeah, that you are getting wet. The entire time. You don't have a lot of time to think about how cold you are, though. No, because from the moment we put in, the moment we got out, like you said, just constant waves of white water. No reprieve. Yeah. And I was in the front of the boat with Greg and two other people, and then you, Tim, and Harm were in the uh, another boat because they had to split us up. And um, so I enjoyed watching you guys go down and like, I mean, it was like riding a bucking Bronco. Yeah. I mean, and there would be these huge like waves that would just be churning. And we would just nose first, boom, into these things, just hitting walls of river waves that just splash you in the face and try to knock you out of the boat. And it was relentless. And absolutely amazing and scenic too, because it's complete wilderness. You don't see oh, so you don't see anybody driving a car in a road by you. You might see a train the train go by. I don't remember even seeing the train going by. It might have, but we ain't gonna stop and look at a train. <laughs> I'm looking at this We're white on water. The train. It was it was exactly the level that I was hoping for. And I didn't ever feel like my life was in danger. The only thing I felt, because the very first rapid was the class four, was the most intense. Yeah, talk about a start. Um, the very first time we went up on this wave and then came down and the boat kind of like slaps down and you kind of collapse, that's when I start thinking, how am I going to do this without hurting my back, right? Because you're, and you're supposed to tell them if you've got back problems. I never do, you know. What are they going to do? When it comes to roller coasters, whitewater rafting, et cetera, I don't have back problems. Okay. When it comes to my actual reality, I do, but I don't when like it. When it comes to, to this podcast, you certainly do. But I don't want to be limited from it. Oh, come on. Roll your eyes, dude. If you, if, 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 you know how much I would hear about it if you had the back issues that I have? Well, it was my shoulders, you know? It's oh, like... yeah, your shoulder. Okay, so the <laughs> every time we, we would go like this, it would be like a little twinge. Compression. And I would be like, okay, I got to figure, that was the only thing I was thinking. It was like, I don't want to get hurt and be compromised for the rest of the uh, rest of this day. Yeah. Um, and not be able to like paddle, right? But once we got through that and I was like, okay, I think I'm gonna be okay. I had a blast the rest of the time. I gotta be I honest. wish I could go back to the class four knowing that I was gonna be okay and I would have enjoyed it a little bit more. I had a point like halfway a little over halfway in the trip where I was a little disappointed in myself because we're going through these rapids and then it's, because it's constant, I just found myself thinking like, what are we going to do for dinner? What are we, you know, it's like, what are we going to do after dinner? Well, it's hard to not want something 
that's really fun, but a little bit uncomfortable to be over. Well, to be thinking about that. That was, it. I mean, because we were cold, that was part of it. But just my mind wandering, I'm sitting here like paddling my ass off. And I'm not, I, my mind's not there. Like I was disappointed in myself. It's like, man, this is exactly what you had hoped for. It's it's going, it it it's it's me. It's exceeding all your expectations. Yet you're sitting here thinking about it's hard a, to be present. You know, it's thinking about a sandwich. It's hard to be present. You know because it's just it was it was it, it could kind of lull you into this place of like like rocking a baby to sleep almost. Well, I wasn't about to go to sleep in a in a tempest. You know, it's like a baby sleeping in a tempest. That that's where I was. I just kind of, you know, maybe it wasn't quite enough for me. I, I nobody fell out. Maybe I needed to fall out, dude. I just feel like well, it just I, we didn't it didn't quite go extreme enough. It, so it, this it, is it, what I, I wanted. I just need to, to be jolted into like into my body. I need to be jolted and say, "Hey, you're you're mortal." Apartments.com has more rental listings than anywhere else. So finding the perfect place is easier than ever and so is finally moving in together, just the two of you. It's a big step. Lots of new responsibilities, lots of adjustments. Most likely they'll wake you up at odd hours to go to the bathroom. And you'll most definitely find yourself in trouble coming home late for dinner. They may even unroll all your toilet paper next time. It's just what happens when you two find a new place together. But you're not doing it because you feel like it. No, you're doing it because you love them, because they're family. And that's why Apartments.com has more pet-friendly rental listings on the internet. Did you know that's what we were talking about? Yes. Pets. So that you and your furry family can find the perfect new place together. Apartments.com, the place to find a pet-friendly place. Ear Biscuits is supported by AC Pro. It's blazing hot outside. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows out hot air. The issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with an AC Pro. This is what I wanted to talk about. Uh, because the extreme choices did not end with the whitewater rafting, right? The next day, we got on these side-by-side -side UTVs. Yeah, I was like, let's do some, let's do some ATVs. Which uh, I had never been on before, always wanted to. So again, these are like the dune buggies where you're like two seats side-by-side. Side. Um, essentially, you're, there's a, there's there's a, a roll cage. To it. There's a roll cage so that if you fly off, it's not a four-wheeler, you know? And, and, and I booked this, I, well, I asked Kara to book this, and I said, I want to do ATVing, and I don't want a guide. Yeah, yeah, that was a good call. Because the guide, you got to stay behind the guide, and you got to go where the guide goes, and you got to go to the speed of the guide. And the guide says things like, well, not just the guide, but the guys who oriented us to this were like, don't do any drifting around the turns and all this stuff and like watch yourself around blind cur curves. Cause we were gonna, the, the route was to go up this mountain. This was a- uh, Purgatory, Purgatory ski resort, which in summer is just a beautiful um, 
mountainside where you can go mountain biking, you can go alpine roller coaster riding. Yeah, and all you the can summer go, activities. And you can ATV around. It's absolutely beautiful in there. And a little bit, just a little bit of snow at the top. Yeah, which we made it all the like the whole, the route was to go all the way to where the snow was, and we we went beyond where we were supposed to go because we had yeah. gone pretty fast. We had three so um, ATVs, UTVs. So I was like, I'll I'll go by myself for the first part. I found that an interesting choice because the way that you presented it in the moment was as as you were making some kind of sacrifice to go by yourself, and I was like, well, of course everyone wants to go by themselves first. It's funny that Lemmy's like, ah ah. I'll go by myself and drive first. What? Hold on. Really? <laughs> no, I, I honestly think that's how you see it. I think you must yeah, have yeah, seen yeah. it differently. When I was like, well, I didn't everyone, know, every, any, I didn't think anybody would want to be by themselves. Well, but hold on. There's five guys. There's three steering wheels. So by saying, I'll go by myself first, you're guaranteeing that you get to drive first. Of course, nobody wants to be the passenger first. So, so, so I thought, <laughs> Yeah, I didn't think of it that so, way. Well, clearly, you didn't think of it that way when you said, I was like, okay, Link. Because um, so, I want to be with people. I thought I was taking one for the team. I, that was, I was clear in the way you presented it. And by it. the way. But you also but, wanted to drive. Because I drove first. I drove on the m more boring part when we started switching up. So I actually did take one for the team. Okay. I'm sh that's your perspective. That's fine. Um, what I'm saying yeah, is that... Yeah, it is. What, what I'm saying is that when we... I was like, okay, who's going to go... Who's going to be by themselves first because that person's probably going to end up driving more and they're going to get to drive from the beginning. I didn't drive more. We all... We ended up working out the math. We ended up working out the math so that it was even. Um and I also drove first with Greg? No, Tim. Tim is my uh, passenger. We all switched it up so that everybody would be with everybody else. The yep. one thing that I said from the top is like, I am not going to be a passenger while Link is driving. I didn't hear you say that. I told everybody else. Oh. I just said, my only rule is I'm not going to be a passenger while he's driving. Huh. Um, which proved to be, uh, what is the word? prophetic uh what, what? so what? you don't have a perception of how you are man like you, you, you like you've lost you've lost your own plot when it comes to this kind of i am immortal risk-taking thing so i mean again like breaking your pelvis balls to the wall breaking your shoulder balls to the wall like there's evidence of uh, of you my back feels great of you not calculating your own risk and so but what ended up happening we're, we're going now first of all we're going very fast these things probably go 55 top speed we're getting above 50 i'm not listening to the what the guy told me i'm doing fish tailing and and, and stuff all around the, the these curves it's like the most fun thing man. yeah you were and you were in front of me yes and um i saw you do that and i was like good idea it was so fun. I didn't even... And it was a big, wide road, and these are giant, like, fire roads. Like, it's there's, no, there's very little risk in it. Skirt, skirt. Then there becomes this place where we transitioned to... We had switched, actually, twice by that point, but we got to a place where it became more of a trail. And now we're in a mountain pass on this trail, and the trail is, you know, it's not, it's, it's no longer like a well-kept road. It's wet. It's got giant potholes. It's got a giant drop-off on the side of the mountain all the way around because it's like this switchback going up the mountain. And at this point, I'm driving by myself. You're driving 
and Greg is your passenger, and I'm behind you, and then Harmon and Tim are behind me. Yeah. So at some point, like, the thing that's so amazing about these UTVs is they're so forgiving. The shocks are incredible. I'm like, why don't they make shocks on cars like this? We could do anything we want. If you put shocks on cars like <laughs> wouldn't this. Need, wouldn't need pavement. People would just be driving over medians. It's like, <laughs> you can go like 50 miles an hour and hit a median. It's like, no big deal. It's <laughs> crazy the way these things forgive. What was that? Nothing. But what I was noticing was, I was like, going around some of these turns, like there's a bunch of blind turns. And by the way, there's other people out there on vehicles. Uh, you know, you come around these turns and you can't see anything, blind turns. And also every once in a while, come to like a big rock or a big dip or something. And it would like really jar you, but you're driving, like you're holding onto the wheel and you kind of anticipate it. I was behind you and I was going as fast as, like I was going a little bit faster than I was comfortable and felt was safe. I was like, I'm taking, uh, this is a little too risky. I'm probably going too fast. I could not catch up with you and Greg. And so I thought to myself, I was like, I can only imagine what Greg is going through right now. Because as a passenger, you don't have any control. You just have to kind of like just close your eyes. So we get to the next part where we switch. And this is where Greg is going to come drive and I'm going to be the passenger as we go down. Yeah. <laughs> Greg, Greg, who's quiet and didn't say anything to you. Greg was like, I don't know if I can drive. My nerves are shot. <laughs> Really? <laughs> he said, oh, he said, poor Greg. Link is a madman. And I was like, well, what did I tell you at the beginning of this? <laughs> I'm not going to be a passenger while he's driving <laughs> because he doesn't have any. He, he was like, he went around every blind curve, completely pedaled to the metal, never slowed down. He went around every blind curve, didn't slow down at all. And he said he would come to these big rocks and stuff. Like, you know, there was a couple of places where like the the rock kind of coming down the side of the mountain would become the trail completely, just a rock. Yep. There's no traction on that. And he was like, he just would, he, he didn't slow down on any of the rocks. He didn't slow down at any moment. And I was like, yes, that's why I said I wasn't going to ride with him. Well, you know, it... so it's interesting to me that you don't have a perception <laughs> that maybe what Greg was experiencing was pure terror the entire time. Well, let, let, let me give my perspective. <laughs> okay. Uh, first of all, the faster you go, the less you feel the bumps. Mm. Fact. Um, <laughs> and yes, mm. that, I did notice that... Uh, uh, there was a pool of urine forming around Greg's seat? <laughs> <at many, laughs> I didn't notice at many points that... Greg would eke out a sound. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and it was it was kind of like ah! it was kind of like that. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and every every time he would go ah! I would go <laughs> <laughs> like Mario. <laughs> uh I thought we were both just having the time of our lives because uh I was <laughs> it's tough to be it, like it's First of all, as a passenger, it's tough because you're not in control. So, like, I didn't feel, like, I was taking some of those turns and I was like, I am right on the edge of my comfort zone and I really hope there's not somebody coming around. But I, the whole time I was just thinking, man, because I can't catch up with him right now, he's going, I'm going so fast. He's going faster than me and Greg's in there. That's the whole thing. I was thinking that the whole time and I was like, I can't wait. That's what Greg says. <laughs> 
I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, Greg. Uh, it was fun, though. Well, and when I would come around a turn and see like a long straightaway and I didn't see you, I began to question. You started looking over to the side. Yeah, I was like, if they go over the side, we're not finding them today because how are we going to know where they went over? I, I, I felt, um, I mean, I didn't get close to the edge. I was hugging the, I was hugging the mountainside. And it was fun. It was fun. We may have not actually been in danger at any point. I'm just saying that to me, the, the fun. He did I, drive though. I completely understand how fun it is. And like, that's the whole point of it. Like the simulated or actual risk is part of the reward, right? This is what Daredevil stuff is all about. This is why Red Bull exists as a brand. The thing that's interesting to me, as is illustrated by the the way that you just described it, is that you actually don't have a perception of the risk. Like it doesn't register with you that like, oh, I'm doing something very dangerous. When I'm doing it, the whole time I'm thinking, this could be a life-changing thing. Like I could make a mistake on this and go right off this thing or come around this turn and run somebody head on. Like in my, the rest of my life is gonna be different. But then I'm like, but I'm having more fun than that, than that concern. The fun is outweighing the, the concern. Mm -hmm. My perception of you is that you, there's no concern. The concern is completely absent. I, I do think that I am a best case scenario boy. You're a whale boy, I'm a best case scenario boy, as opposed to a worst case scenario. And I, 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 there's probably people all along the spectrum, and that's probably, so yeah, it's like, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of a downer to think about the worst case scenario. Well, let me just be clear. <clears throat> and I, I do on think On the spectrum of people, I'm on the end of not of taking a lot of risks, doing risky things. I don't constantly think about the worst case scenario and I'm not like, I'm not an Enneagram six. I don't think, I don't not do things because I don't worry about my life. It's just when I'm doing risky things, I'm like, I wanna do this in a responsible way. I was very confident in my ability. <laughs> that's what, that's what, uh, that's what Greg, Greg, I, Greg had, a, I wish I could have recorded the things that Greg said when he got into the, and was slowly coming back to normal <laughs> as he was driving down the mountain. Uh, he said something about your confidence. Uh, I think it may have been um, blind I, confidence. I feel like I'm a good extreme driver. You know, I'm sure you are. We we just uh, we just drove and drove back from visiting Lily, and it was like a six hour drive. And um, you know, six hours can turn into eight, or it can turn into five, depending on how you drive. And um, Christy doesn't like to drive, and I was like, you know what, you're sleepy, just go to sleep. And I I kept looking over at her, and a couple of times she tried to go to sleep, and every and then after, I'd look at her again, and she'd be wide awake again. <laughs> and I guess she's learned not to say anything to me. I am an I'm an aggressive driver, um, but I I couldn't help but notice that every time I would switch lanes, um, Christy would look in the mirror. Christy would always look in the mirror. Like the to see if, right. and I didn't say anything to her. I was like, well, you know, if if she wants to, she's not relaxed. If she wants to help, she can help. But I mean, we got there in record time. <laughs> we got back in record time. I mean, it, it was kind of your fault. I mean, you called us up and you're like, hey, if you get back in time, I'm 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 slow roasting up. 
pork butt. Mm-hmm. I'm making some barbecue. I was like, mm, <laughs> um, uh, uh, best case scenario, boys, got to get back for that barbecue. <laughs> That's the best case scenario. And boy, I I made I made it back in under five hours for something. It was awesome. I mean, your but wife yeah. had a great, but she wore sleep. out that side mirror just looking you didn't into talk it. Talk to her about it? No, there's nothing to be said. I, there's nothing to be said. So I I I believe in taking risks. Like I I think that. I, I was watching this TikTok. I just didn't you, think I didn't think I was taking a risk, and I think that's your point. I I felt like I was in a safe, fun zone. Uh, I wasn't gonna like go when, up the mountain. When you go around a blind turn, balls to the wall without slowing down at all. When we're on kind of like almost a single track thing at that point, when there's other UTVs coming down the hill, like why do you not slow down? Because I was going, well, because I was really hugging the right. But do you think... And I think if anybody's coming around the curve... But when you're doing that, are you thinking to yourself, is it, are you pushing it out of your mind that maybe somebody could be coming around? Like, is that going to ruin I'm just it for like, you if you think I'm, about I'm it? I'm just like, I'll... Uh, it's unlikely that it's going to happen? Yeah, it's very unlikely. And I can react. And they're probably going to... They're not going to be coming around that close to me. Unless they're you. Yeah, unless they're right, me. Right, 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 yeah. exactly. So if it's another I'm you. I'm counting on me being one of a kind. So if, if, if you are coming down, you're not going to be h- h- hugging the outside of the mountain. You're going to be on the inside coming down because that's the safe spot in terms of the slope, right? I mean, we met one other ATV going up and I passed Yeah, I, and I'm not, I, listen, I didn't slow, w- when you stopped, I probably caught up with you in like, 60 to 90 seconds. It wasn't a, but I'm just saying that like when I got to a blind curve, I would just, I would, t- I wouldn't just say uh, pedal to the metal. I would just take a, a little bit off. And then when I would, then I come around and I'd be like, I, 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 Link has to not be letting up at all. And then Greg was like, he was pedal to the metal around every blind curve. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just, I mean, I'm a little if bit had worried a horn, about I you. probably would have blew it. I'm a little bit worried about you because you do, I mean, you have a history of breaking bones. I saw a TikTok of a guy doing something that I would never do. Okay. He was at the Grand Canyon and he was like, ready? And then he like, he like t- takes a four step running thing and then he jumps over the railing and to land on the other side, which from the angle of the camera, you couldn't see that there was ground on the other side of the railing. But the thing that he didn't take into account was that the ground on the other side of the railing was sloped. Back towards and, the drop off. Yeah, into the Grand Canyon. So the dude goes over the rail, and then he's like got this smile on his face, like "gotcha." And then as he lands, he tumbles, tumble, tumble, tumble. And then the woman, his wife, his loved one, whatever, who's videoing this, is like, ah! and then he's like, he couldn't have gotten any closer without just going over. But he saved himself. Well, he stopped. He stopped almost falling. <laughs> yeah. I would never do that. That, I mean, that is patently stupid. And th- that's different. Yeah, because you don't like, you don't like, you don't want to go rock climbing. You've never expressed a desire to go sk- uh, skydiving. I actually want, I want to skydive. Shepard really wants to skydive, so I, I'm probably going to do that with him yeah, at some point. Yeah, I mean, I, I like driving. <laughs> um, I mean. So I do feel like I'm not like a total idiot. It's not about being an idiot. I, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that I didn't totally disengage my brain. When 
But when someone else is experiencing it with you, they are perceiving the danger. And then when I bring this up to you, you're like, what? Greg was having, like, Greg was scared? That's That was, it seemed like it was a surprise to you. And it wasn't a surprise to me at all. As the person driving behind you, I was like, Greg's fucking, like, shitting yeah. his pants right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, 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 yeah, I did um, notice there were no high fives. But, uh, again, to bring it back to the fact that we have, um, you know, all these things that we're talking about doing that are, that are fun are different levels of danger. And I'm all for it. Last I, time we talked about this, then after, when we quantified what are the most dangerous things we do, that's when I broke my collarbone after that. Yeah, so I don't, I'm not comfortable having this conversation because you're jinxing it. No, no, I just think that- You're actually uh, willing my injuries. Well, the, the, there's the balls to the wall. Men to, so it's not don't do the things. It's just it's like, okay, there are certain moments in which pulling back a little bit is going to drastically decrease chances of something going sideways. But I don't think you should not do it. I, there's, you may have seen there's a genre of TikTok that usually is from like a brain doctor. Uh, and they say things like, 10 things that I would not do as a brain doctor, or what, uh, I guess that's a neurologist. <laughs> um, okay. And then they begin to list things, and you know, some of it is stuff that I also wouldn't do, but then some of it's things like, well, like, I don't, I don't know what, what, I mean, if it was like 10 things I wouldn't do as a safety specialist, net, like, but I don't know why. What, never what, ride a motorcycle. Oh, because they're, of the brain injury. Yeah, they're just like, riding a motorcycle, not worth the risk. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah, uh, I don't know exactly how much I agree with that. Like, my wife doesn't want me to ride a motorcycle. And so it, I'm just like, okay, I don't really want to ride a motorcycle enough to ha begin that discussion. But right. maybe if it was like, okay, well, we're going to rent these dirt bikes and go through this desert thing on these dirt bikes. And that's I'd be different. like, okay, I'll do that. Yeah, but different. like, I'm going to ride my motorcycle or across the country on roads with cars on them that will annihilate me if I run into them. Okay, maybe that's not a risk I want to take. But I just did, what I found myself thinking is I don't agree with living like this because I could die by like just some weird thing falling on me that I have no control over, you know? So I'm not going to completely try to eliminate risk. I'm just going to try to be like, okay, well, I, and I think one of the things that I think with things like whitewater rafting and the UTVing, I'm like, this is something that normal people pay for on a daily basis. Like every single day, these right. guys take a group of people of various athletic inclination out onto this river to do this thing. I'm not Alex Honnold trying to like be the first guy to freak solo right. El Capitan, right. you know? So if I'm doing something that's, I'm not the first one to do it, then I think I'm going to be okay. That's that's my general. And then when I'm doing it, yeah. maybe I'll do it in a way that like takes into account the risk. Like the most risky thing that we did, I think, was a UTV, and because that was the point in which we weren't in control. Rafting, the guide could be do. We could be four right. dead bodies, and the guide would be okay. Right. 
he doesn't really need us to paddle. It just makes us feel like we're getting our money's worth. That's my theory, at least. Probably wrong. But Well, I think with the weight, you have to paddle. But you got to do some paddling, but he could probably get So was whitewater that. rafting on the neurologist list? No. Was UTV? No. The only motorsport was a motorcycle. Uh, I don't remember the other things. But just the, the, the point being... I'm not going to live. Repeatedly banging your head against the locker? I'm not going to, I'm not going to live in such a way. Oh, she was like, uh, I would never let my child play tackle football before the age of 14. So it wasn't like, I'll never let my kid play tackle football, period. It was just definitely mm. not before the age of 14. Uh, which, you know, if I had kids who really wanted to play football, I'd probably try to deter it. Um, but I think calcula I think calculated risk is I mean it's these things are fun for a reason. It's the same reason I like horror movies cuz I'm like I'm not going to die. I'm not that demon is not going to possess me. It's going to possess that person on the screen. And unless Brian the exorcist is right and just going to the movie is a problem. It I it, I think the calculated in the like the word calculated in front of risk is, is maybe I'll think about that. Uh yeah, because as someone who's just watching from the outside, it feels like once you've committed to the activity, like there was a calculation that led to right. to the you making yeah. the decision to do it, and then once I'm you're wearing the, the helmet, and then once you're in the middle of it, you're I'm like, wearing the seatbelt. Calculation, calculating risk at this point may hinder my fun, so I ain't gonna be thinking about that while I'm out here. We'll just deal with we'll deal with it if it happens. Is that an accurate description of how of what's going on? I th maybe, maybe. I think it's 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 hard to you know. It's like it's, it's it takes work and it's not fun work to calculate. Well, I don't think I spend too much time doing it. To me, it was just that's like, how it feels to me. I'm to me, it was my perception. The blind of, turns. If it okay, like, what, I'm just gonna slow what down could happen a around bit. this turn? What could happen? Uh, yeah, right. You don't want to think that. You want to think I'm going to go around this turn as fast as I can. Yeah, I, I mean, I th I was looking. <laughs> good, 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 good. And if you had been with Harm or Tim or and you weren't going to be with me because I already said I rolled it out in the beginning. Um, I just did not know that. Well, it's funny that you like, and the reason I didn't, I didn't do it, say it. The reason I didn't want to do it is just like I don't want to. I don't want to have a conflict with him on this trip. About yeah. that. Like, if I'm in the passenger seat and I start trying to tell you how to drive, you're going to get really mad at me. And it's like, I'm not going to do that. I'll let somebody else do it. And Greg's not going to say anything. <laughs> but Tim. Oh, well, no. Greg, Greg said a lot of the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Tim or Greg, uh, Tim or Harm would probably would have been like, slow down, man. It's a blind freaking turn. <laughs> Greg right, had a point, great time. Point taken. Point taken. I mean, sorry, I, Greg. I think he had a great time. I think. Sorry, Greg. When, the thing is, is once you live through it, and you're it, welcome. Quite a thrill. Yeah. Right? Once you live through it, yeah. it's, it's like, well, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Clean out your britches and uh, <laughs> mail me a check. Um, my favorite memory was the most, you know, innocuous part. Just we're we're gathered around the uh, fire pit the first night. We're catching up. It's just nice. It's it's nice to like reconnect with these our college buddies and like this. We all have our who we are on to everybody, and then there's like there's you know we our friends are professionals, you know. 
I feel like they can come, they can hang out with us, and they can just be, they can just let loose. Professionals. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're not We're all professionals. We're not professionals, but they are. What do you mean by that? They, they, they have, they have reputable jobs okay. where, where people, people trust and respect them and they, they, they contribute to society. And we don't. Well, we do, but you know, it's not, it's not, it's, it's in kind of a kooky entertaining kind yeah, of yeah, way yeah. it's not in like a it's not I'm professional a, at all yeah yeah it's like um, i mean they could all be members of the chamber of commerce you know but then they come out with us and we're you know it's like hey look at us we're we're college boys again <laughs> uh but poor tim poor tim could not get from new york state to to durango he was his last flight he just couldn't get on it and he was like well i could come the next day and i could miss the first night and i could miss he ended up deciding, and we all agree, this is the best decision. He drove from Denver. Instead of getting the flight to Durango, he rented a car and he drove six hours to meet up with us that night. And, and it was after a long day of flying, and he was going to be there at like 1.30 a.m. And first of all, I mean, we were hedging at the top of this because... We were like, I think I'm, I mean, I felt kind of bad. Like I thought maybe I, I didn't know if it was my allergies or if I was coming down with something. And we had a long day of flying and I hadn't got a lot of sleep that week trying to get ready for the trip. And I was like, I think I'll probably be in bed. By the I'm, time you show up after driving six hours. But 10. then as we, the four of us were kind of around the fire outside and uh, we were like, well, let's check in with Tim. <laughs> At that point, once we checked in with him and he's driving and we're like, how you doing? Like you falling asleep. He says, well, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's tough to stay awake, but talking to you guys is really helping. <laughs> we put him, we put this, the phone in a chair, in, a, in the empty His chair, chair. And we just included him in the conversation for a few hours until he got there. But he was going, he, when you drive from Denver to Durango, which first of all, <laughs> I think during the day would have been a beautiful drive. He couldn't right. see shit the whole time. <laughs> right. But all he knew was that he was going into mountain passes, and he would be like, "I'm going into a mountain," and he would just go. He, he would just go away, and then like, 15, and then we would keep talking. Fifteen to twenty minutes later, he'd be like, "I'm he, he, oh, Tim's calling. I'm back," and he's like, "I'm going into a mountain." And, um, I that was one of my favorite memories was was just the fact that like we were reconnecting, and we were kind of his lifeline. Like, keep coming, Tim. You we're here for you. Can make it. And, but it was almost like, as long as I didn't look at the phone, at some points it was like he was already there. Yeah. You know? And then I looked over there at, at Tim to see what he thought about something and just be like a little phone propped up. It was, it was very, it was very strange. It's like, kind of like, I mean, as we continue to get together year after year with our college buddies, we'll, you know, we'll start dying. And then uh, I guess as we've discussed, if we keep getting together as college buddies, uh, I'm going to kill one. Of them. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't. Also, I didn't want Greg's blood on your hands because you would never ever forgive yourself. That, that would be pretty bad. Yeah, that's the thing I need to think about. But then we would just have Greg's personality on a phone device, an, an app. Yeah, we'll have it on a device, and we can put. We'll always put all of our college buddies, um, in a chair. To be a part of the conversation, but it will be an an AI representation. It'll be just basically the same. Yeah. Um, so that's what we're going to do. Tim did eventually show up, and we stayed awake for him. And I will say, but we were like, bless his heart. <laughs> bless. He, his he heart. had a real tough time getting back. He got back like a day and a half after everyone else because of flight. The issues same thing. Going back. 
Yeah, um, we got home that so night. T- t- Tim took like two several. days later. He's like, I got home. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah, Tim took several things for the team. Thankfully, he did not have to be the passenger in your UTV <laughs> as well. Um, now, one of the things that I really appreciate appreciate about this group of guys is, first of all, you know, very similar life stage. We all got married within a couple of years of one another, all had kids in the same general, like, five to ten-year period or yep. so. We're all kind of dealing with, you know, anywhere from the college student to, you know, middle schooler and everything right. in between. Um, everybody has been married for over 20 years, 20 years or so. Yeah. And uh, to all the, you know, the women that we all knew back in the day. And uh, and it's like, you know, I've said this before when we talk about our background um, being involved in, you know, Campus Crusade, Campus Ministry. It's like one of the positives, I've, I think I've firmly established what I feel the negatives are. So, uh, you know, I've talked about that a lot. But one of the positives about that, about being in a group that uh, there was this intentional community but also this intentional, like, hey, get get inside somebody's soul a little bit, you know, as a friend. It's not just about, hey, what can we do together? Let's party. It's about how can we do life together? How can we um, be there for one another, right? And yeah. so that, even though we're all in different places in terms of where we've kind of landed spiritually, that connection remains, and you can you can have a conversation about anything. And we're all able to kind of talk about what we're going through in life right now and and then be this like supportive group for one another that I don't know. I'm not in any other I I we've been blessed with being a part of groups of friends where that type of vulnerability and encouragement is kind of part of it. It isn't just with those guys. It's kind of been represented in most or all of the meaningful adult friendships that we've had with other guys. Yeah. Uh, I have to assume that that's not super typical for guys who get together. Yeah. Uh, it was. So I'm very it was, thankful it for it. It was kind of baked into us as part of our church experience that I think it's, you know, it's a level of connection. It, you set the bar at a certain place in terms of like community and connection that there's still that's still very important to us and defines a a robust friendship you know if you can't if you can't really go there then you're left thinking well when when something goes wrong in my life uh is that then are they they're going to want to be here for me, but like, what's that going to be like? You know, it's, is then we start talking about these things. And you're, I mean, I think there are friends that, uh, you know, your friends can surprise you in those moments. You know, I would hope that everybody would have a friend that even if they don't get really deep all the time, they would be there for them. But I do think that that's kind of like a, st- that's a standard that we bring into what makes the most meaningful of friendships is, that you can talk about anything and uh, exhibit care and listen. And I, and I think one of the really beautiful things about it as well is that while we are at different 
We landed in different places. We have different worldviews. No one is trying to or no one is trying to change anybody else's mind. No, no, no one is like actively like, I, we don't feel like we are projects for these guys and they don't feel like they are projects for us. Definitely. It's about the connection. Right. Right. And so, and so many, when you- uh, And it's very, it's very hopeful, right? Well, but when you leave like, when you leave the church, I mean, I, I mean, I know so many people whose friendships have been so redefined because one of the things that happens so often when you leave the church is that, mm-hmm. well, first of all, you're sh- most often you're kind of just shunned and you're kind of held up as this example of what could go wrong. And then people try to find things about your story and your circumstances to serve as like, you know, warnings for other people. But another thing that happens is that even when the relationships continue, it's very clear, like as someone who's been on the inside, who's someone who's been in the church, who's been an evangelical Christian, who's been uh, like a very focused on changing people's minds and sharing the gospel with people, all your relation, it's, it's just like, you know, in one sense, it's kind of like when you're involved in a pyramid scheme and you're, all your relationships become about you getting people to be a part of your thing, right? It's like you can't have a, a conversation without wanting to like sell Mary Kay to somebody. Well, sometimes it becomes like you can't have a conversation without wanting to sell Jesus to somebody. And like that makes relationships awkward. And it seems like, is this about, is this about love and connection or is this about an agenda? And that isn't what, that doesn't, it doesn't, I'm not saying we don't have great philosophical, spiritual conversations where we challenge one another, but it's done in love. And the thing that is kind of pervades the conversation is this love and, and connection and wanting to like get under the rocks with each other. And yeah. That's a, it's a beautiful thing. <clears throat> yeah. I think it, it's, it's life-giving to say that uh, you love, when somebody loves you unconditionally, it's life-giving. Yeah. I think it's, I think it boils down to that. And um, that's why we're going to do it again. And I'm already thinking about what are we going to do now? We think we're going to move on from, no more whitewater rafting. Whitewater rafting. Yep. Not, not, no more of that. Just because we feel like we've done it. We've done it. Like, what, what else can we do? Maybe not ATVing, apparently. Um, there was talk, I, there was I talk had about a lot Alaska. Of, I had a lot of fun doing it. Don't get me wrong. I'm just not going to be a passenger. If Tim can't get to Durango, I don't know how he's going to get to Alaska at the same time <laughs> as us. And I, Alaska's a bit of a problem. I didn't bring this up, but my dad's been talking to me about wanting to go to Alaska. Not with me, but just in general. Mm. So maybe I, this is reconnaissance or... Oh, am I out to, am I out to invite my dad? That'd be funny. The challenge is it has to be a long weekend. Is about that's right. that's the time that we can all kind of commit to it. And this day, yep. this time was one day long. We want some more. We're open. To, hashtag Ear Biscuits. Let us know if uh, if you got any suggestions for what well, here's here's what we came up with as our criteria. We want to have a home base that's more of a. You know, we like to luxuriate in an Airbnb private setting. So not like we a like multi-day a, like trip on mule back. Yeah, where you're camping every single. We day. like a we like a good hot tub. We like a good fire pit. We and then everybody needs their own bed. Poor Greg got stuff stuck with the twin bed this time. So we, I guess I owe him twice. <laughs> um. What were the other requirements? Sense of adventure. Sen- a sense of adventure. Still. Uh, I th- oh, and also 
proximity to a cool town. That was something the harm threw in, and I think, like, okay. first of all, Durango. Nice. Durango is doing a lot. We love Durango. A lot really well. And we, we shouted out the uh, Durango Hot Springs on our, uh, I think, on my Instagram story because um, we met James, who, oh, who yes. was in charge of, well, first of all, let me just say, we don't, we don't like to talk about getting recognized because it makes us sound like we're really into getting recognized. Uh, but sometimes you show up in a town, sometimes you show up in a town, nobody says anything. Nobody knows who we are, has no point of reference. And then sometimes you show up in a town and it's like this town, they've caught the mythical virus or something. Because Durango, every yeah, Durango single, got some love for every single love place that we went, every store, every restaurant, it wouldn't just be, oh, there's one employee who's a mythical beast. It would be like half the staff is and all these other people. And, you know, they're like bringing us stuff. And uh, then the, the guy in charge of Visit Durango shows up at the restaurant and, and like, he's like, this is the best bartender in Colorado. And he's going to do this special shot for you guys right now. And he's like, whatever, you, what, what else you want to guys, you guys want to do? You want to go to the hot springs? What? So thanks to James for that hookup. Uh, if you're in Durango, go to those hot springs. Yeah, that's a cool spot. It's like a bunch of hot tubs. We like, we like chill out in a hot tub and watched live music. And then the, the kids, the family area was totally separate. Love that. Yeah. They've got a good thing going there. They got a good thing going in Durango in general and lots of hospitality and lots of adventure, but a lot of good food. So that whole, that we wanted to have uh, that home base, a sense of adventure. Like we want to do, and it doesn't have to be one big thing. It could be like, well, one day you're going to do this and the next day you're going to do this. Just some stuff like dude stuff, adventure. Yeah. And then um, and then the last thing being that like cool town where you can like go have a drink or get some good food. So, and it doesn't have to be Colorado, but Colorado has a nope. lot of that. Nope, it could be anywhere. Hashtag Ear Biscuits, let us know, or leave us a voicemail, one eight 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 ear pod one I caught you off guard there. Uh, it's time for me to give my wreck. Oh, man, this is a good one. If you love peanut butter like we do, and uh, uh -oh. if you're willing to spend $20 on a jar of peanut butter, treat yourself. Do it at least once. Get yourself some Spoon Junkie. Not a sponsor, I just love this stuff. They have different um, varietals of peanut butter, nut butters, and um, the one that I got is called Crack Butter. Smooth Cinnamon Date Dual Peanut Butter. Uh, you can get it off the website for twenty dollars. Is that the one? Does it have cardamom in it? Can you click on the ingredients? Because mm. I think that somebody got this for me. No, I don't think it does. I think there may be another one and that I, has that. And, and it's I, like, and that was the thing that it, I don't. For some reason, that spice. But yeah, I know there's no. There, there's a lot of options. I like to slice apples and dip it into the crack butter spoon junkie. Do you use an apple slicer. You gotta get one of those. I think I, I think I have one. <laughs> you do That's another all. wreck for another day. Spoon Junkie. I don't, I guess it's a heroin reference. Well, <laughs> it, may, it is now. I mean, the name of the, the, the name of the flavor I like is Crack Butter. 
yeah, I think yeah, they're yeah. a little irreverent. Or maybe there's crack in it. Food is not well regulated. <laughs> there's not. Goodness. We'll see you next time. Hi, Rhett and Link. I'm a newer Ear Biscuits pod listener and viewer, and I just wanted to call to tell you guys the beautiful visualization I see every time I hear the title of the podcast, Ear Biscuits. You know when you bust open like a can of like Pillsbury biscuits or like croissants? And it doesn't bust open like very far. There's just like a little crack and the air comes out and pushes the biscuit out. I just imagine that coming out of an ear with kind of a fart sound. It's kind of a cute little visualization that I get when I see the name Ear Biscuits. So thank you for that. I love it. Bye.